0: the line sports media a sports gambling podcast by betters for betters connecting you with the brightest sharpest and most electric personalities in all the sports gambling industry so as always pull up a chair open up your mind and get ready to receive knowledge you won't find anywhere else we can't thank you enough for joining us and we hope you enjoy this is wise words Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and beautiful gambling people joining us for season three. Holy smokes, we've already gone through two of these and now we're going to number three. Of the Wise Words Podcast. Oh, baby, does it sound good to say that again? It is absolutely amazing to be back with you guys. Another loaded season filled with some of the brightest, sharpest, and most electric personalities in all of the sports gambling industry and beyond. You know the drill. I am your humbled. Honored, hyped, and always handicapping host Colton, Captain Colts Roca, and I can't thank you enough for choosing to stop by and get some of the best knowledge and insights from those aforementioned sports gambling personalities. Now, my friends, we have one hell of an electric show on tap today, one of the most notable guests in the space, helping us kick off season three. But before I bring him on in, you know the drill, I got to bring in my partner. You know him around these parts as The Man, The Myth, The Degenerate Gambling Legend, and folks, we cannot ever forget the TTL Cruise resident Southsider and Cheesehead Faithful himself, Mr. Riley, R-Max, Magnuson. Partner! How you doing over there today, pal?
1: My man, I could not be doing any better. I did not realize how much I miss being on this screen with this nice, shiny background, my man. It has been a few too many weeks since we have been on the show, dude. I don't want to waste any more of uh, our time with my voice, my man. Uh, I'm juiced to be back. I am juiced to have our guest on today. So let's not waste any more time with me, dude. You know me. Let's get on with it. Hey, a man of few words, but always right to the point. Uh, dude, I know as I was
0: kind of doing the intro there, I, I popped it up and I said, whoa, man, that looks good. Does that look clean? It's good to be back. It's good to have all of you guys back. Enough wind out of us. We got another gentleman that we need to introduce here today. My friends, the first legend. Joining us and helping us kick off season three has been in the sports media industry and the sports gambling industry for the better part of two decades. Now, he's been in the space uh, for that time, but he started as a sales executive at Steiner Sports, and now he finds himself as one of the most recognizable names and voices in all of the sports gambling industry. He's the current Senior Vice President of Property Acquisition and Media at Collegiate Sports Management Group. He's also the current on-air host for Pro Football Today, DFS Today, and in-game sports betting presented by SportsGrid, as well as being featured on many of the network's other major programs. Clearly, we have plenty of rabbit holes to dive into today, but as always, ladies and gentlemen, It is my honor and pleasure to welcome in alumnus of the Boston College University, master of media rights and NIL deals, educator of eSports, certified ticket casher, and oh, I cannot forget, the man who correctly guessed the score of this year's Super Bowl 23 to 20, ladies and gentlemen, friend of the TTL sports media crew, Mr Mike blew it.
2: What's up guys?
0: Welcome in. <laughs> Honestly,
2: you that long intro makes me sound way more accomplished than I actually <laughs> am. If you just did pick the score on the Super Bowl and brought me in, I would have been fine with that to be honest.
0: Hey, you! no need to be humble around these parts, my friends. We uh, we, we, all know who you, you are around here. So hey, it is an honor and a privilege to uh, have you on here talking with us, dishing out some wise words. You see it there, my friends. So yeah. we won't waste any time. Again, thank you so much. But let's get right on into it. I know you're a busy guy, so taking the time for us is more than we can ask. So I know uh, I took a little bit of time to tell a little bit of your past there in the intro. I didn't yeah. want to give away too much, but tell us a little bit about your backstory. Uh, how'd you get the start in the space and uh, yeah. get to where you are now? So
2: I appreciate it. And yeah. uh, I always like coming on podcasts like this uh, Gets a, gives me a little bit more of a chance to talk freely. I, obviously, I'm a guest on various podcasts from time to time, but uh, the show that I host on SportsGrid is very much a down-to-business type of show, right? It's a game-day show. We are talking about everything coming up to kickoff that's on the line, be it Super Bowl Sunday or week one or even preseason. So we're pushing through a lot of information in those three or four hours uh, before kickoff. But uh, thanks again for the invite. I, I would simply say that I, I think especially now we have a lot of people entering the sports media space that have a variety of different backgrounds, which is what's cool about this industry. Now you can start, you can have any kind of background. And if you feel like you have a story to tell or an angle to take on an existing industry, you have the means now to be able to do it. You can buy a podcast, mic, you can obviously uh, utilize a streaming service and, and create great content like you guys are doing on a regular basis. So My background is a little different from some of the other folks in there. I actually had a sports business background for about a decade before I decided to start broadcasting. I had done things like work for a sports marketing firm that you mentioned earlier. I had worked for some technology companies. And that all kind of blended together when I worked for a company in the... Sports tech space, and that sports tech company was streaming live media. They were, uh, there's a company called New Lion where I was regularly working in the college sports space. And in that college sports space, there are tons of athletic departments and conferences that needed to stream their games. Think back 10, 11 years ago, it wasn't like it was now. Not everybody did have the ability to have an outlet in order to stream their games. So we helped them with a lot of that technology. But just prior to joining that company is when I decided, you know what, I had a story to tell. Broadcasting and writing, sports writing was something I always wanted to do. And I got started on my own. It was just kind of a period where I was between corporate jobs. I thought if nobody's gonna come knock on my door and give me a radio show. So I'm gonna have to do it myself. So I started writing articles for Bleacher Report in a variety of different sports, college football, I got a lot of traction there and in the NFL space as well. And that turned into a podcast, which turned on to regular appearances on Sirius XM. That's really how things got started.
0: Sure enough. I, I uh, sit over here smiling and stick snickering because uh, Mags, I don't know. Who does that sound like? Do you know a couple of guys that some similar path in the start <laughs> of the know. industry that sound like I, I don't know anybody <laughs> like that, but Mike, I appreciate that. I mean, uh, I, I kind of did some research obviously before we have any guests on, I'd like to know a little yeah. bit about the guy I'm talking to, but you know, I can sell evil to the devil, not non-believers to a temple water to a speedboat, right? Like I love sales. We obviously have that kind of uh, connection in our background. Sure. So I saw you had that for sure. So, I love where you took that. The multimedia rights too. I'll definitely uh, have uh, some additional questions on that. But yeah, uh, yeah, 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 we can get into that. Yeah, obviously. absolutely. But uh, for now, I will yield back. And uh partner, what do you got for number one?
1: Yeah, I guess Mike. As far as sticking on your start, I don't know that we've had. The, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think we've had the opportunity to ask any of our guests throughout your time, whether it's you know ten years ago, twenty years ago, in your time in the sports industry. At what point? Did you really see this wave that whether it's uh, DFS, fantasy, sports gambling, like at what point did it really become clear to you that this is the new shift uh, in what we're seeing on a daily, whether it's daily basis, monthly basis, week to week basis? What Was it five years ago, 10 years ago? Any uh, insight as to when you kind of saw it starting to shift that way? Sure,
2: so I broke in. I think it's a good question for me to uh, tell you my path as well, because I really broke into the broadcast world and into the writing world to some extent in fantasy, season-long fantasy. This is prior to FanDuel and DraftKings even really being uh, formed, right? FanDuel and DraftKings are right around 2010. I started writing and doing a podcast in 2009 NFL season is when I got started. So, I was a regular fantasy player. I played for years. The first year I played was 1990. I played sporadically between then and really the the turn of the century. So 2000, 2000, I played in the late 90s a bit and then 2000, 2001. And from then on, I was playing each and every year. Obviously back then when we started, we didn't, we're doing it over with pen and paper. You know what I mean? Looking at the box scores, and you'd have a commissioner to tally it up. Once platforms were able to easily add up the numbers and the internet was able to make this a reality, that's when you knew fantasy was going to become a lot larger. It made things much easier for people to be able to do. So I I can bet, I'll bet you'd have tons of stories from people in the 80s and 90s being like, yeah, I, I played fantasy football one time. It was a lot of fun, but it's a lot of work on the commissioner. So Uh, the league kind of fell apart. Once the platform uh, came into focus, it made fantasy football explode, obviously. And me writing about it was a natural extension of that. I really have always been a huge NFL fan. I was writing about the NFL and college football. Fantasy was adjacent to that. And that's really where I started writing and broadcasting. As far as gambling, I think any of us that played fantasy and DFS for a period of time could tell that that's the way it was headed. Laws started to uh, change. Obviously, we had our eyes on that, but it was really the utilization of Vegas lines and projections and how that would work for DFS and regular season fantasy. That's when you knew, well, this is just a path that we're heading down. I obviously was always fascinated with it. I grew up in New York, so gambling was always a thing, whether it was, uh, <laughs> whether it was, uh, Above board or not, people right. are going to find a way to gamble.
1: We respect your family. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, so I guess the last thing for me, and then I'll kick it back to you on this topic at least. Was there ever that type of, I mean, even 10 years ago, let alone 20, 30 years ago, we've talked about on the show how you know sports gambling is finally coming out of that taboo state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know that we've ever heard that from anyone that was in the fantasy space. Did you ever have that type of uh, reaction from anyone else that you, you know, when you told them that you were interested in this, whether it's just recreational or um, from a professional standpoint, or was it from the jump kind of respected it in a totally different light than what we saw from gambling 10, 20, 30 years ago? Uh,
2: well, meaning that if I, if I told people I was gambling, was it looked down upon in any way?
1: Right, kind of along those lines, yeah.
2: I'd say it's always had a connotation of being being unsavory to some people. I never really saw it that way. Obviously, you would have situations where you'd have a guy that you'd call and place these bets with, right? It wasn't, you didn't really have a situation where you could shop lines as easily as you could now. You could if you lived in Las Vegas or you know, other sporadic spots, but, uh, I never personally held a view of gambling as being unsavory in that way. I understood that people could get into trouble with it as they could with any, uh, potential, uh, with any potential, uh, sort of
1: back alley dealing no it's like vice. Any, any sort of advice
2: but i don't even really consider what we do in sports yeah. betting no. a vice in it every way no. like if you go and have a couple of glasses of wine on a friday or a saturday night that's not a vice right you're just using it to relax i think if you're placing a couple of bets on the weekend i don't really think that's a vice and there's all different kinds of approaches to this right We can have people that do what I just said. There's other people out there that are really trying to beat the book and are making a living at it. And there's other people that are very regular sports bettors that are just trying to find an angle. And that in and of itself is fun, even if they're not trying to make a living at it. I'd probably classify myself there, but there's the added component of me, obviously, broadcasting about it and trying to find an edge for myself and the viewers.
1: Right. Yeah, totally understand. I mean, it's it's an interesting perspective. Everyone, you know, that's been in the industry for a long time has had kind of had their own perspective on that. So I appreciate that. Colt, I'll kick it back. I mean, think about it. it.
2: But... It's 2022 and now it's yeah. above board in New yeah. York, right? But it wasn't mm-hmm. the last couple of years while I was on Sports Grid. And I have parents that watch me and my kids know I'm on and I don't think I'm doing anything untoward of any kind. My father and mother watch me on the weekends talking about lines, even though it wasn't really legal in New York, at least mobily until just uh, probably about six weeks ago. it feels like a lot
0: longer (laughs) right? hey well man oh man we covered all types of uh different rabbit holes we could kind of veer off and go into there i want to start with one in particular and i've asked all of our guests this in one way shape form or fashion or the other mike and and it's uh it's right to the point and it's this it is what would be your number one piece of advice that you would give the first time better but also the daily degenerate could handle hearing again Uh, from time to time. I've usually said that the daily degenerate can apply to their own process, but that seems to be a little bit too much because right, you you advance a little bit, obviously, but maybe something that that first time better needs to hear, but the daily degenerate can handle hearing from time to time.
2: It's a good one. I I don't know that there's a silver bullet to this, but I would say that if you're somebody that's just getting started out and has been a little scared of it, I would just say to, to tell them to start small. And I think all of us are learning in this process. There's nobody out there that's hitting 75% of their bets and be, and taking down Las Vegas. It just yep. doesn't happen. Yep. It, it, certainly in sports betting, it is a great equalizer. So the best people are trying to learn on a regular basis. They're trying to find trends and edges that help them. And it doesn't mean you're going to win all the time. You can't get two down. You can never get too high. You can never get too low. A little bit of a sales background for you there, Colton. I think you try to have fun with the wins and learn from those losses and move on from there. But if you're somebody that's setting out to make a living at doing this, it's going to be a long, hard road. I I wouldn't suggest that for somebody that's just getting into it. I think you try to learn from it and have fun. And hopefully that enhances some of the fun that you're having with sports betting.
0: Most definitely, you are uh, speaking my language down there, buddy guy. With uh, the uh, whole mental thing, I uh, I got thick skin, and and I uh, I definitely got that from the sales background. So <laughs> I love what you're saying, my man. Um, definitely a lot of good stuff in there. And you know, I I draw so many parallels from from uh, sports betting and and kind of it still be in the wild west. You know, like obviously it's becoming legalized state by state. More sports gambling shows and sports grid and the wager talks of the world are getting bigger, better, faster, stronger. All that mm-hmm. stuff. And, and obviously high tides are good for all boats, right? But I draw so many parallels with the sports gambling space to the crypto, the NFT space, and the transition from Web two into Web three. And I just think that's so interesting and in where we're at. And, and I, I figured you could probably give some thoughtful stuff about, especially with you being in esports too. So I'll take yeah. you kind of down that track here, going up soon. Um, but uh, again, hey, I love everything you're saying. I'll, I'll yield back to Legendary Armax once again.
1: Yeah, before you guys go down that track, I guess I had one more question as far as, you know, just general gambling advice, Mike. As far as whether – I know you're obviously one of your biggest specialties, if not your biggest specialty is the NFL. So if you want to go down that road, that's more than, a, more than acceptable. If you have another uh, angle, that's uh, great as well. But how do you prepare for an upcoming season instead of going in – well, the general public's probably, let's say, week one of NFL using a lot of what they saw from last year – to just yeah. generalize into what's going on in the upcoming season. So whether it's NFL or anything else, what are your best tools as far as actually preparing yourself to where you don't have to feel like you need to feel these teams out? And maybe you do feel that you like you need to, you know, feel I these teams out. It's a good
2: right. question. I do feel like I need to feel the teams out. Yeah. So I'm reading a lot of beat writers. I'm interviewing them on sports grid. I have Adam Kaplan on, on a regular basis. He's a big NFL insider. I really am trying to find a little bit of an edge because and I don't know that I have any kind of edge over any other players, but a market I've always felt comfortable playing in is an NFL futures market. Doesn't mean you have to jump on it now. The Super Bowl was just a couple of weeks ago, but I think you can find an edge in the futures markets in a lot of sports. But being the NFL is my bread and butter, uh, that's mm-hmm. really where I look for different angles. You're getting TJ Watt at nine to one to win Defensive Player of the Year, you had Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers at longer numbers, but still uh, good numbers to potentially win an NFL MVP. Brady would have been a nice payout for me. Uh, Rodgers ends up working out for a lot of folks. But I I do think you need to dive into it a little bit. I think you can look at everything from fantasy projections to DFS seasonal projections and use all that information and kind of put it together. I, I, I would love to say there's an exact science, which I can go down the list, and it lights up green, and those are the bets I'm going to make. But I think you take positions, particularly in the futures market, since I referenced that, I think you don't have to be scared of taking multiple positions. The goal here isn't to be Nostradamus and say, hey, I called it in July. That's not what this is about. The futures market and the gambling market is taking positions over time so that you can win. I, I won on, G, on TJ Watt for Defensive Player of the Year. But it doesn't mean I didn't also have a position on Miles Garrett and uh, Matthew Judon, which I picked up during the year, and maybe one other. I think uh, I didn't even have Aaron Donald this year. I didn't think he was going to run it back. But it's okay to take three or four positions because I came out profitable. I more than doubled my money. So when you're talking about the futures market, don't, don't get caught up in that, hey, I called it in July. That's not really what it's about. The goal is when you get towards the end of the NFL season, how good are you on your positions? Are you 0 for 4 on the teams you took on futures? Then you're screwed. But as you get down to the final six, do you have three of those? That's kind of of what happened with me. I had a position on the Rams. I didn't know that they were going to win going into the NFC playoffs, but I thought they had a shot. So I had a position on the Rams. My Bills position doesn't work out, but my Rams does. And over time, uh, you, you can start doing the math, put together spreadsheets for yourself and understand how well you're doing.
1: I, I absolutely love it. I mean, I, uh, that's as strong about uh, wise words as we've ever had on the show, Mike. And I know as far as, you know, manipulate, I don't know if manipulating is the right word, but kind of attacking that future market the way you're talking about it is a, lot, a thing that I think a lot of people that are, you know, if it's the last year they've only been in the gambling industry or within the last year getting in, I don't think they've caught in a full grasp of that. So I'm really glad you went down that path. Switching gears and then I'll finally kick it back over to you, partner. As far as you know, kind of sticking on that track as far as, you know, judging an upcoming season, whether it's futures or waiting, I when there's a new new situation for a team, let's say a new coaching staff, like let's say the Jacksonville Jaguars. Are you whether it's future market or week by week, week one, two, three, four? Is there a certain point where a you feel comfortable betting a team like that? And obviously, if there's a different team. You, you know, you can use that as as an example. But are you staying away from them, whether it's futures or you know week one, week two, or do you feel like you can figure something out from Whoa. you know that coaching staff coming in?
2: So full disclosure, so I can admit how wrong I can be. Uh, Yes, I picked the score of the Super Bowl right, and I bet it, which is a bet, by the way, I never recommend,
1: ever. (laughs) I say
2: it on the show, don't bet the final score. It's a terrible bet. I do it once a year on the Super Bowl. I throw a couple of bucks on it, and this year, probably for the first, definitely for the first, and probably (laughs) the only time in my life, I actually got it right. So 2320 Rams hits at 100-1. to That's great. But I'll also tell you that at the beginning of the year, I thought the Bengals were going to be under six and a half. And I thought Zach Taylor was going to get fired. And I didn't – I thought they were going to get Joe Burrow killed. And they sort of did, but yeah. somehow got through it and got to the Super Bowl and nearly won it. I still don't quite understand how it happened, but they had a great – they had a great run. So um, so beyond that, I, I would just say that there are um, – In terms of trying to find a team, look, you're not going to get them all right, as as I just Mm -hmm. talked about. So I had a future on the Rams. I also thought the Bengals were going to stink. I think you're looking for the markets where you can get a little bit of an edge. And futures, because you're betting plus money on all of those, is a way to do it. Um, The draft, the upcoming NFL draft, as the markets start to get released there, you have an opportunity to get the jump on the books a little bit and find information that will help you. Like Jamar Chase last year was holding at six and a half under or, under or over that pick for a long time up until about the week before. And it was a lock that he was getting picked in the top six. He could have gone five or six, but it was a lock that he was getting picked five or six. So that was one, that's one example I think you're looking for the less efficient markets. To give you an example of a hyper uh a hyper inefficient market for betters was the Super Bowl. The numbers, the lines were really sharp on the on the player props. The line itself was obviously really sharp. They came pretty damn close. It's the only Super Bowl in the last eight, I believe, where the spread came into play. So well, as you start to get deeper and deeper into the season, you look at those lines. You guys know those lines come out or you're looking at them on Wednesday or Thursday, you're heading into the divisional playoff round. And you're like, damn, I, I don't know. I just don't know which way it's going to go because these lines feel pretty sharp. Um, you do your best there, but uh, you're trying to find those lines where you feel like the book hasn't paid close enough attention. The line I probably did the best on this year. I'll give you two and I'll tell you, I'm happy to tell you the million times that I lost this year, but um, the Giants team total under hit in eight of the last nine weeks. They weren't adjusting it. They couldn't score and they hit it one time. They scored 21 points in one week, but every other time it was single digits. It was Mike Glennon getting killed. First was Daniel Jones getting killed. Then it was Mike Glennon. Then it was another quarterback in there that, They just couldn't get anything done. I think you try to capitalize on that market. You can keep betting it until it loses. It's your up to you how you want to approach it. And uh, also, Daniel Carlson and Evan McPherson were kickers that were being used a lot, and they were very accurate. So if you were betting them, those two, the the back half of the season, and betting their one and a half, their field goal prop over one and a half. You hit those a lot with those two kickers, including in the playoff game that they played against one another. So uh, I think you're just trying to find those props. It's great to have props now in a way that we didn't have them before. You're obviously never going to have them quite to the extent that you have them in the championship games and the Super Bowl. But throughout the year, we spend a lot of time looking at props and- on Sports Grid and obviously other services as well are doing more and more on it. I hope the props continue to remain not quite as sharp, but you have opportunities to jump on those earlier in the week and get some wins.
1: Yeah, 100%. I love the answer. I'll kick it back to you, Colton. I'm just glad we found somebody else that was uh, first uh, – Zach Taylor first coach fired along with myself. I thought I, was in an, I thought I was on an island over here, Mike. I thought I was on an I island. I mean,
2: I'll, it's a good question. I can't remember if I thought that only because the Bengals don't like to pay people to go away, but – I didn't have, I'm not at all surprised. It was urban, by the way. I'm not surprised, but I can tell you that I did not think the Bengals were going to be good. I thought the Steelers, I thought the Browns were going to be a lot better um, than they ended up being. I thought the Ravens look what happened to the Ravens was really a wild spate of injuries, Mm -hmm. but I just thought they were a good team. And I thought the Steelers, I'm a Steelers fan. You can see the terrible towel behind me, but I, I think the Steelers are right about where I thought they'd be—sort of a fringe playoff team that was an easy exit in the first round.
1: Yeah, I mean, I yeah. I'll, again, I'll kick it over to you here, Colt. I just remember we we were breaking down. Oh, you know, you got Matt Nagy over here. The Bears don't fire their coaches midseason. and then yeah, I, Urban yeah. Meyer, I think, was the biggest one hey, we overlooked. Hey, but uh, yeah, last—that's it for me. Go ahead, Colt. Hey, hey, hey!
0: No, no, nobody was asking you about the Bears. <laughs> Slow down over there, pal. Nobody, nobody needed you to go down that rabbit hole. Get your cheesehead jabs in. Nobody Matt, needed sorry. that. Hey, Mike, I can't thank you enough, my friend. I know uh, today we only got about uh, 10, 15 more minutes of your time somewhere in that ballpark. We'll make sure you have enough time to get to your other shows and stuff. So might have to uh, get a little MBV2 on the uh, map, if you will. A little Mike Blewett version 2. How about that, actually? Yeah, let's do it. For sure, we'll get that on the map too. So we, because I could definitely go down. I got about another five hundred rabbit holes that I can go down. <laughs> we, we always say take the over when you get on shows with us because we just we get to talking, man. We try <laughs> we try to keep it short, but we just we can't do it. But I know I kind of touched on something, and I thought that you could kind of give some thoughtful answers behind it. And and I know you're really involved in the esports and uh, that kind of community in that space, and and really seeing it explode right now. And a lot of professional ball players getting involved in the esports yeah. side of things. And and not only do I see correlations with the Web3 and the crypto with, with sports gambling, but also with esports and, and some of the stuff like that. So I'm sure you can you can see those same things. So with esports mainly operating on the Web2 platform right now, what does it kind of look like, the transition into Web3 with the current state of it now? And what can we kind of anticipate in, into the future of, of esports and everything all encompassing?
2: That's a pretty heady question. So I'll tackle it as best as I can. And, and to give everybody a sense of my background. So I talked about how, you know, I, I think there's a lot of people out there, frankly, that watch sports grid and have no idea that I have this other corporate life where I'm working for a company called collegiate sports management group. And we deal with a, a, a lot of, we're a very diversified properties group. So we know we, we negotiate media deals with broadcast entities. So for example, the Big Sky Conference and ESPN uh, have a four year uh, deal together. That's something that my company would help to negotiate, that I would help to negotiate. Um, we deal with sponsorship sales and uh, what Colton is referencing esports. So, esports is a really broad, uh, very large now entity, which is not a monolith. There are a lot of different tentacles. Uh, a, Emanating from it, one of which is obviously you playing at home, you're gaming with your friends. That's everything from Madden to 2K to FIFA and everything else. Then you have more competitive clubs and at the the professional sports level. And you guys may know this and some of the audience members watching this and listening may know there are a wide variety of professional sports organizations, the the Philadelphia Sixers, HBSE Group, the Dallas Cowboys organization, many professional teams that own their own eSports team. The Steelers own the Pittsburgh Knights, which is a professional eSports team. So professional sports is supporting professional eSports. What Collegiate Sports Management Group is doing is really helping to uh, join together all of these Collegiate eSports clubs, some of which are student run, but some of which are more well organized and are supported by the university. Folks are getting scholarships for it and bringing together their competition. So the thousands of schools that have eSports clubs, we're trying to put together competition where they they can compete, structured competition, and where we can broadcast and then put that content out there on Twitch or other entities so that people can consume it. Um, There's not necessarily always going to be a path for the collegiate gamer to turn pro like it would in football. It's not quite A to B like that, but it could be a huge piece of competition. I mean, not unlike college softball, right? College softball is a big sport. Not everybody playing college softball is bumping up to a professional softball league, right? We could see the same thing. In gaming. So, uh, where do I see it going? I think you really raise an interesting question about the viability of betting on it. We have to, Colton, there is going to have to be a situation where we're reducing lag on streaming time so that people can follow along live with those games. At the moment, that would be pretty difficult, right? In every arena uh, in the NFL, NBA, college basketball, we have somebody uh stringing that so that we can get live lines and bet those games live probably don't have that right now in esports so when you talk about the transition to the next level in technology i think we'll have to get there in all of the esports arenas so somebody can string it put up live lines and then make sure that we have a league that's supporting it we can trust the organizer of that competition and then start to set lines accordingly i think we're a ways away from our collegiate uh lines being set that doesn't mean five years but it means we're not there yet uh but in the at the professional level uh for league of legends gamers and and the league of legends championship last year had over a billion viewers so to give you some context we think the super bowl gets a lot of viewers we're seeing games that are getting more than that so um I'm interested in the space. Obviously, it is really mushrooming right now. And I think our company, CSMG, is a big part of what's going to help to organize that at the college level.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate that. Because obviously, anybody that watches our daily show talking a line. I I mean, I I could get down this rabbit hole forever. I do crypto cults corner for a half a second, because I just I'm so (laughs) I'm so intrigued with the world of web 2 obviously we all every all of us here work on web 2 and just kind of seeing that transition of what's happening now and just kind of everything all in companies is un- encompassing It's is just- very, very intriguing to me how, how many different correlations and, and, and just where everything is. I mean, I 150% think that there could be sports gambling in the metaverse, but that is a whole, Yeah, we won't do that. We won't go down that rabbit hole. We'll be here another year, so we'll, we'll stay high level. But I really appreciate that for sure, Mike, because yeah, it, no it, it definitely definitely gives some good stuff to think about and uh, gives us some good Stuff to put on the calendar for MBV2, for sure. (laughs) So, uh, before we get you out of here, my friend, uh, I always like to give you the floor, give our guests the floor, uh, tell all of our audience, everybody out there that might stumble upon the Wise Words Pod. Where can we follow you where can we consume all your content all that good stuff the floor is yours for uh however you want to take it my friend sure
2: uh at mike Blewett on twitter you can find me on sports grid the new show is going to be football full circle i'll do that with joe lisi and others that'll be on saturday mornings it re-airs throughout the weekend saturday mornings from eight to ten you'll also find me on various shows on sports grid and probably other outlets talking about the nfl draft both from a A straight football perspective as well as obviously a sports betting perspective. I think as lines start to get released, you can look to us to try to find you those angles. I'm excited to talk about it. Uh, We'll have people in Vegas to be determined whether I'm one of those people in Vegas, but uh, it would be fun to be out there. And I've covered our draft live on air for the last five years uh, before we even sports grid when we were the fantasy sports network uh, i was there covering it so it's something i'm passionate about i have a lot of interest in and it really gets it really helps you to reset the nfl season and gives you a sense of what these teams look like because free agency is come and gone the draft is in you have a good sense of what the rosters are going to look like and then you really start to break down the teams and what they'll look like some with new coaches
0: Hey, you don't have to convince me on the draft, my friend. Uh, we, were, we were live on a podcast when my Chicago Bears drafted Justin Field last year. So, uh, Fields, I was uh, I was You know, I have the myself. same
2: birthday, so uh, hey. it's just a few days away. So, uh, hopefully you're feeling good about it. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. feeling good about uh, his future. Ryan Poles, the GM. I, I, I got to make one correction to you. It's not Boston College University. It's just Boston College, oh, and Boston Ryan College Poles, like yeah, yeah, yeah. So the GM, yeah, 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 is know, a former is a former BC offensive Ignore lineman. Me. So, really, uh, yeah. So, right. uh, shout out to Ryan Poles. Go. Uh, BC's got some ins uh, all throughout the NFL. They have <laughs> Brian like, yeah. Flores, who was a BC guy, <laughs> it was a Ryan Poles teammate actually at BC. So, uh, Ryan Poles now uh, linebackers coach with the Steelers. Brian Flores, Ryan Poles at Chicago Bears, and uh, you know me on air just nobody knows who I am there you go there (laughs) you go
0: okay my sincerest apologies to all boston college alumnus out there i get too excited i get hyped up sometimes you know it's not the boston college university facilitation program it's just the <laughs> boston college my friends my sincerest apologies you know i, I get down the I hey before i get down a whole nother rabbit hole it's right all right, man. It's, it's, all right. What, it's what i do i appreciate you uh, they'd be mad at me if i didn't correct a priest is
2: the chancellor of the university i have to make these corrections there
0: Well, hey, my friend, I am. Uh, I'm looking forward to version two. Uh, we're gonna start Absolutely. crossing Let's those off. It. All right, we're gonna start crossing those off the list here very soon. So we'll start getting that rocking and rolling because, I, like I said, I definitely got plenty more questions. I the could draft ask. is just two months away. We'll do it again. Ooh, maybe Sounds we do a little. Uh, hopefully, maybe we can slide in a little draft, draft spectacular before uh, you Let's you become uh, become the legend and <laughs> get too big for us again. You know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I appreciate you, Mike. I know I can speak for Mags your time uh your energy your effort today we we appreciate everything from you and all of your content you do your work everything you've done uh for the space and to move it forward thank you from the bottom of our hearts we appreciate you my friend thanks guys run high. hey we certainly will and we hope you do too all of you on the other side of the screen from myself your host colton Cap'n Colt Soroka, from the legendary Riley, our mags to riches, Magnuson, and the legendary Mike, money-making every damn day, blew it. That's right, you heard it here first, his new nickname. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, we hope you have a spectacular rest of your Wednesday, unless you have any other plans, and as per usual, hey partner, let's cash some tickets.